0: You're listening to Let Me Tune You podcast hosted by Vicky and
1: Seisei. Hello, hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of Let Me Tune You with your girl, Seisei. Vicky! Yo, I just need to say, anybody tuning in, this is going to be a triggering uh, conversation and it's not a conversation that we take lightly at all. Um, today's topic is colorism. I thought I'd start off with a dictionary definition of what colorism is for anybody who's not quite sure is tuning into the podcast for the first time. Colorism is prejudice or discrimination against individuals with a dark skin tone, typically among people of the same ethnic or racial group. That's what it's described as. Let's just take a minute to breathe. Mm. Because it's a topic that we definitely need to discuss. Now, a lot of the time on these social media streets, it, it would seem as if colorism is only experienced by black people because it's us that have this conversation a lot. But colorism is something that happens in the Asian communities, um, whether that's Indian, Pakistani, Chinese, colorism, anywhere that has been affected by colonization has got these issues with colorism. Maybe you're thinking where did colorism come from, seeing as everyone's from the same race or from the same ethnic background or the same tribe. Colorism came in with colonization and slavery. Because what happened is the masters, the, the owners of the slaves, the owners of the land would rape the women and they'd make mixed-race babies. And then what they'd do is they'd take the babies because they don't want the babies to work in the fields. They'd put them in the house, so they'd work in the house. And from that came the division. Now, if we just sort of bring it down, um, if we strip it down a little bit further and bring it closer to home in Zimbabwe, um, what they did was uh, colored people, as mixed-race people are known in Zimbabwe, um, They were were tended to, they were given what seemed like the better jobs. so they they ended up being the secretaries and the mechanics, while the black people ended up working in the house as the maids or working in the fields. So again, the the, the premise was the same, that the lighter skinned people would get a privilege that the darker skinned people wouldn't get. And this is something that goes on now. You have terms like yellow bone, red skin, all these tones to depict or to differentiate between people who are lighter skinned and people who are darker skinned, which is why we have things like bleaching that happens within the black community. And it's not just black people. We have to just stress this part again. It happens in the Asian community as well, where people want to be lighter so they can be regarded as better or they can be seen as more desirable. Now I'm quite light, Vicky's quite light. Have you felt any privilege based on your skin tone, Vicky? I'm Southern African, of course. I absolutely have.
0: I have felt the differences. I have felt the differences. Yeah. I will also start by saying that I'm um, being, as what I'm known as back home is colored, here mixed race. Yeah. And I find myself lucky and I know this might trigger some people but I will be very honest. Um, I find myself lucky because my mom is black, she is mixed but um, she's a black woman and I have been lucky in the sense that I never grew up with a mentality of we are just colored or we are just mixed. I grew up with a mentality of we are African yes that's your complexion mine is different because you know my mom has a darker complexion to me but we are African yeah I'm half Greek so for me it was yeah. even it was a very confusing thing because I grew up in Greece till the age of like 10 almost 11 and going yeah. back to Zambia yeah. where my mom was at the time because we Zambian Zimbabweans yeah. um, it was very confusing because. I just so badly wanted to fit in because I hadn't been there for a very long time mm. now. When I was in Greece, I didn't have issues because yeah. I just looked Greek to the Greeks. I know I would have had issues if I didn't look so Greek, if that makes sense.
1: Mm. So yeah. going yeah.
0: back home, it was like, oh, right. Or it was Mm. like, okay, you think you're nice because you light and your hair is like that. Okay, cool.
1: Mm. That can't be your mom. Mm. Mm. Your mom's black.
0: Where's your mom? I had been locked up in school cupboards. I had had girls come, about 15 girls at school, in Kafiwa, whoever's from Zambia will know where Mm. I'm talking about. Big up Malundu, (laughs) Yeah. AA. And um, they'd actually come (laughs) with a razor and said, right, we're gonna cut the part. Mm-hmm. Um inside you that's black. We're gonna cut through the through the white skin that they consider is white and what? we wanna see the black since you say that's your mum, isn't it? So at first I was like, Okay, cool, <laughs> you must be joking. So they took the razor out and um they cornered yeah. me. So I started running. Obviously like there's nothing I can do mm. between fifteen girls. Yeah. And um I started mm. screaming. And eventually the teachers came. I'm assuming they thought we were all playing at first. It was on the fields.
1: Mm, And
0: the girls left me after that. But I I, I had to hide for a good hour or two. And my mom was like, well, why have you come home so late? You're supposed to come straight home. So I explained. Mm. And then she's like, "Okay, okay." So I know this is the different side of the coin, because I was the light one experiencing this. And I, I didn't know what colorism was because I came from a country that everyone predominantly was the same shade, which was Greece. But I Mm. knew I was black, I was half black. I didn't look it to society because there is no look for it per se. But what you would expect, Mm. you know, the darker melanin skin, whatever, I didn't have that. So Mm. going back, I really felt intimidated because all I wanted to do was look like my cousins. All I wanted to do was look like my mom. Mm. All I wanted an easier tan, yeah. you know what I mean? Because a lot of yeah. the hate I got was from my own family, not even friends. You know, it would always be, oh, okay, you know, um, so you think you're this, you think you're that, you're gonna get. and I noticed as I grew older, moving back to Zim's, which the race issue is yeah. predominantly much more there, yeah. um, there was more opportunities. There was Mm. more opportunities for people that were lighter. There was uh, more opportunity. It was like you're in this class, you're in this class. But because I didn't grow up in an environment where I considered myself colored, colored per se, I wasn't part of that community. I was coming from Zambia where most of the time, yes. black, white, Asian, mixed, yeah. whatever it is, we all hang together. Besides the experiences I had had, majority of the people were cool with it. We all can yes. drink and vibe together and whatever. Yeah. But when I went to Zim's, I noticed, okay, this, uh, there was colored yeah. areas, colored ghettos, colored high-class areas, black areas, white areas. Whereas in Zambia, yeah. that wasn't there even though there would be a colored ghetto per se, or yeah. an area, it was still mixed, and there wasn't an issue. And I remember going to Acadia, where my cousins um, my cousins are from in Zims, and I remember watching people uh, bottle the, the ET, you know, the little mini buses back home, because it was like predominantly black people in the ET, right? Yes. And I was like, I've never seen that, because I had never seen that in Zambia. Yeah so i noticed the tension in arcadia i noticed that then i remember going to another i think it was um i can't actually remember so i don't want to lie yeah but this was around greencroft areas and i remember the same thing happening now it was um a black um group doing it to the coloreds in a car so the exact same thing happened but to the different to the opposites to the so i was like wow so yes i've i've experienced to sorry to just to cut it shorter i have experienced the differences and i have seen because let me tell you anybody that's light skin yeah. that has this conversation would be lying if they said they don't know what goes on with the darker skins and they would be lying to Say that they they shouldn't also be held accountable to a certain extent especially mm, if you're from mm. southern africa Especially if you're from there, because to some extent, we all have a level of ignorance until yeah. we educate ourselves. So having this conversation, we have to take yeah. accountability.
1: Not, it might
0: not be us that have done things, but we have to say, yeah, things are easier on certain scales. And things are harder when you get home or through your, you know, your social yeah. circle or your family because of the hate you'll
1: get because yeah. of where you are at, you know what I mean? I think that's a very, very important point that you've just raised there. Um, With regards to the internalization of colorism, a lot of the times, because when we speak about colorism in its essence, we're speaking about, um, you know, people of darker skin tones being targeted or being you know, being singled out or being stereotyped or caricatured because of having darker skin type, but we don't often speak about the internalization of the colorism. Absolutely, and what that means is people of darker skin tones within take out the anger and the aggression on people on lighter skin tones, who maybe don't have that issue like for me look we human blood like if you cut me and i cut you like we're both going to bleed we're both going to bleed out and die you know what i mean so i've had very similar experiences as like you've had in terms of um the internalization of colorism and it's not pretty but i i do i uh, this is such a difficult one for me because i do understand the frustrations i get it um at the same time, it is so frustrating because we can't say that just because, you know, one is a certain skin tone and one is not, that we don't understand Absolutely. the struggles. Absolutely. Or we don't, we don't have a grasp of what people are dealing with.
0: I'll give you another example. Sorry to cut you short on that, but you made such a valid point. I don't want to lose it. It is very important to yeah. understand what you just said. Just because we don't experience certain things yeah. personally. For example, I've experienced colorism through my mom and yeah. experiencing it through someone you love and you know sometimes mm. it's even mm. harder because you know as a person you love your child mm. or your mom you will do anything for and seeing my mom being treated in a certain way yeah. because she was darker yeah. even amongst a mixed family and amongst people and amongst a, a society that maybe even governments yeah. trying to hire more white officials or lighter skin officials or or people that have english last names there's so many aspects to colorisms and even just experiencing things Mm, like even mm, in the uk mm, and i know we're jumping from home to here where they'll see her name and my mom has an english name and she'll apply for a job I mean, really good job and good position. She might do the phone thing, she might do the internet thing. Okay, could you come in, you know, last stage, you literally have the job. And as soon as they say, oh, hang on, okay. No, actually, no. So what is that? Uh, And you know, one or two times you think, okay, it could have been something, but when this becomes a pattern and you realize that, oh, in fact, you gave me this because you assumed because of my name, Yeah. you know what I mean? So
1: experiencing that, I get the struggle through my mom. Mm. Do you know what? It, it actually, when I first heard about it, because I've got an English name as well. When I first heard about it, I thought, come on now, people. It's not that bad. Come on now. Mm. Because at that moment, in that moment in time, I would apply for a job and I'd hear back. You know, the, the decent thing they do is they send you an email back saying, thank you for your application. However, on this occasion, you know, you're not suited. Right. So I'd be getting these email backs like, oh, Come on, guys. Come on. Surely they send everybody rejection letters. Right. Then I got married. And my surname changed. Right. And I went from getting these emails where they at least acknowledge you to nothing. Wow. Silence. Wow. Silence. And then I got divorced and I went back to my maiden name and guess what? Those emails came back. Right. And it blew my mind. And I remember speaking to my cousin because I said to her, I was like, look, I'm experiencing this. What the hell? And she, and she said to me, she was like, remember, I told you I'm not going to change from my maiden name. That is precisely the moment. That's precisely the reason why I chose not to. Wow. Because of how I'd rather get my foot in the door so I can at least try and charm them than right. not getting the door at all. And I think that is such a, a, a clear a clear depiction of what colorism is Absolutely. outside of the racism thing. Because when you get there and they look at you and like, no, that's not racism areas do you know what i mean absolutely but if you happen to have a name that seems acceptable or or seems easy to pronounce i put that in in quotation marks you guys can't see my air quotes then um you know then it's like yeah okay you're more acceptable right and this is such a such an important conversation because it's the same in bollywood if you look at bollywood oh my god you find majority of of the actors are of a certain skin tone correct and depending on which, which part of India you're from, for example, that will determine how people deal with you, which is to me just blows it my blows mind. My it blows my
0: mind because I didn't even know how bad colorism is in India. I knew it was yeah. there. But obviously yeah. when I started researching it a bit more and I'm like, oh my God, and A positive out of it, I found out that there's a lot of activists against it. And I thought, why doesn't this topic have more awareness? There's activists in the Philippines, there's activists in Sri Lanka, in in Japan, which actually has Mm. one of the highest rates of skin bleaching. And I was so shocked because I've always known like Japanese culture, the samurai thing where sometimes if they dress up, they put white powder on their face Yes, and reading and researching. And I found out that it's actually deeper than that. Um, Mm. They're actually using uh, creams to make their skin lighter. And I always thought like Japanese were just light people in complexion. I don't know too much of the Japanese Mm. culture or, you know. Yeah. But this made me think like, wow, you know, this is how far
1: it goes. Like, this is a global problem. This is.
0: It is. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And you know, one thing that I don't like, I hate it. And for anybody listening in, if if you're going to take offense to this, the next thing that I'm going to say, then you need to take offense because I mean it in that kind of way. I'm sorry. I just have to say it straight. I hate people that clown other people who bleach their skin. Absolutely absolutely it's much bigger than somebody just going out and buying something to bleach their skin it's much deeper than that i absolutely i had to learn i had to learn that
0: because i too was ignorant in my own way coming from home and uh, okay living in zambia we have a lot of congolese okay Uh, much more Mm -hmm. than zimbabwe um we have a lot of congolese and a lot of nigerians which nigerians is 77 percent? i think into skin bleaching and Congolese, the rate is quite high as well as Kenya. And um, back home, you know, people just talk about it, all races, black, mixed, whatever. Oh, look, yeah, bleach, yeah. oh, it's like a joke thing. Because mm. the, we don't actually know, we are still brainwashed. When I came to the UK and I started looking at this and thinking, okay, this is much deeper, this is this is deep. And the yeah. last thing you should really do is judge. You can have a conversation, you can be honest, and it's healthy to do so. But the worst thing you can do, as you said, is clown someone. And I was part of that ignorant group, not daily, Mm. but I just wasn't educated enough on it to even speak Mm. on it. So, you know, that's where accountability comes in. We
1: can't learn if we don't accept our mistakes as well. That's it. And it goes across the board because we have some of us who are very woke. Um, and, and in our wokeness, we want to sort of shame people out of the mentality. You can't, absolutely, you can't. You can't shame somebody out of something that they don't have the right knowledge about. So it is up to us. Am I my brother's keeper? Absolutely. Am I my sister's keeper? Absolutely. It's up to us to be able to empower ourselves and each other into having these uncomfortable conversations. And I'm sure everybody listening in today can hear that, even though we, you know, we're putting a joke here and there. It's not a funny thing, haha. It's a very serious topic that we need to you know, try and get our way through. If you've had any experiences with colorism yourself, please don't hesitate to drop us an email. Um, Drop us a tweet. Drop us a comment on Instagram. Let us know what has been your experience with colorism and, and, and internalized colorism as well. What does that look like? Have you ever, Vicky, been in a situation where people have treated you differently on the assumption that because you're light skin you're going to have a certain attitude or way of being That
0: very much so um i find myself there's two sides so there's the uk side then there's the african side on the african side um going to places and people seeing how we speak or you know how we move a certain way okay she's mixed she's colored okay cool they just assume a certain way because of the stigmas and mm, mm. things that we have oh yeah she's just a college you know they not well spoken they're not well this they yep. they hose they this because we're gonna keep it a hundred yep that's what they say <laughs> so let's not this is yep. gonna be a real topic and a real discussion Facts. so Facts. Uh, already we've been judged because If you guys don't know, we're here to tell you, mixed people back home, they have it hard and they have had it hard. And there's a certain, as we said, there's a reason why people do things. It doesn't justify it. You should understand Mm -hmm. that it explains Mm it. Now, in the UK, um, going into workplaces, I noticed that seeing me just quickly, they would just assume perhaps I'm white or Mediterranean or whatever it is they wouldn't just assume I was African or mixed race yeah. but after a few minutes or a bit of conversation um, they would realize that now before they do there's the other side where some people um, black British yeah. I would say would just assume um, a mixed-race British chick or a mixed-race chick right yeah. there's that that, yeah. that um, thing light skin and they start treating you like you're gonna give them attitude, like you don't like your job, yep. you don't, you're not patient, you know not the, the sudden treats that they were expecting from me. Cause I would wonder why are they treating me like this? Why, why would someone mm. talk to me like, oh, um, could you wait just a bit longer than five o'clock? I know that's, you're not going to do it, but I'm just asking, why would you say that to me? What makes you think I wouldn't do that? And it's like they expect you to be the typical, oh, attitude, make sure, yeah, what, yeah, no, what? What? You know what I mean? So are you trying to tell me white people don't have attitude? Is that what you're trying to tell me?
1: And you know, what's, you know what's so funny about that? Like the reason <laughs> the reason why we have our backup right. against the wall. You're already ready for a fight because nine times out of ten, you have to fight right. both sides. So either you're going to be fighting against black people or you're going to be fighting against exactly. white people. Because somewhere along the line, someone's decided that you are there and for you. the enemy because because also you have this fighting privilege. Fighting colored slash mixed people
0: because amongst our own. Oh right um Absolutely. doing the thing you can see it yep. but amongst our monster oh yeah okay oh she skims yep. she's all that yep. she's light And not look at her hair oh you know what is she even gothily yep. now she's more darker who, who's her parents oh she wants to act like she's but ah, she didn't come out as light anyway so ah, shame okay so there's this there's that yep. thing. like who do
1: we fight with first who do we fight with first do you know it's such a? it's such a uh it's such a sensitive topic because it's one that we need to have and we need to be able to have it in and amongst ourselves before we can actually have it with anybody else. You see? Absolutely. So in our own families, you have like like you just finished saying, Vicky, there's that distinction. Okay, you've got. Straighter hair, okay. You your hair is not so straight, and you're a bit darker. So there's a hierarchy. Right. Now where right. is that? That's mental slavery, hundred you know, percent. Where is that? Where is that rubbish coming from? Look, we all got the same blood. We all from the same family. So so what if I've got four C here and you got three A here Who cares right. a toss? I don't right. care. Are you a good person or not? You. <laughs> and who's told Ooh. you that that hair is better than the other hair?
0: Because well, wherever you, you learned that from, that's a lie. Yep. That's just self hate. And now you're encouraging self-hate because it's pretty obvious, there's a lot of Mm, self-hate. But do you think what's gonna happen to your kids? Because I've seen families where same father, same mother, and you know, like in mixed families, one child might come out looking a bit more Indian. The other one may be uh, black, the other one, I don't know, um, white or whatever the case may be. But these are people with the same father, same mother, but there is a mixture and it's very genetically possible as it happens all the time and amongst that will be the favoritism to maybe the lighter child then the other child will have that hate internalized yeah. that will internalized, forever yep. make it difficult for the lighter child that maybe hasn't even done anything wrong but yep. has been treated that way because of society's standards or the mindfuck yeah. and whatever it is and it's non-stop
1: non-stop non-stop Absolutely. Toxic. Absolutely. And this, I have to actually speak directly to my Zimbabwean people. I love you guys, but this is something that we need to speak about. Listen. Hey Amen. I know that, like, colored people are their own, like, little, you know, race or subculture or whatever it is you want to call us. That's cool. That's fine. Right. right. If you come across me and you hear me speaking with my accent, please do not adapt your accent to mine. Can we speak on this it's a bit? It's actually more? a form of colorism like don't do it's discrimination it's disrespectful as fuck do you know what i mean if you're speaking to me in your deep shona accent or your deep debile accent your deep karanga accent i will still understand you we're from the same place you don't have to find a gothel accent to speak to me what's the story i don't even i don't even speak like that at home right so let's not do that please (laughs) let's not ignorant
0: as fuck and it's disrespectful. 100 what you're saying is
1: i can't understand you unless you speak a certain way or what you don't realize is you're saying, hey, look, I can assimilate and be just like you. Right. I don't want you to be like me. Please be yourself. Right. And perhaps it's, it's a, a form, again, going back to this whole thing of mental slavery. Today, I'm, 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 I'm on one, guys. I'm sure you can hear speak I'm speaking. Speak your truth, mama. What you don't realize is that internalized colorism coming through, which is why now when you see me, you feel like you need to speak a kind of way. And we do this with white people as well. We have your work voice and you have your home voice. Right You speak in a kind of Oh so they can understand me better No They'll understand you just fine If you had a thick Russian accent Exactly But because it's internalized Okay If I see this gawful chick Hey XC Ah you're right XC What's good my China Absolutely Nothing Nothing
0: guys you don't even understand this happens to us all the time especially like going to um zimbabwean gigs or you know african outings or whatever all the time you could literally just be outside talking to people someone comes yep. up and you like but guy you were talking normally just now what makes you think i mean we are both speaking in english what hmm. makes you think that you have to switch it? i don't switch up my accent and try to no. become shona i couldn't no. do that anyways cuz i can't speak yeah. shona so
1: yeah. what uh, that is colorism straight facts and it's internal it, people don't even realize the level of internalized racism and colorism you're doing in that moment because it's the it's the whole thing of i need to assimilate right let me let me put myself in this place perhaps this person will see me in a different regard i don't give two facts, dude just be yourself right. the same way if i if i come across somebody from australia or whatever i'm not going to start speaking like how they speak to me it's ridiculous it's absolute. same way if i fi- look i've been here for the past 20 years this is my accent even at work this is my accent. If I phone a place, this is my accent. <laughs> this, that's it. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So it's, 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 you don't realize that it's, it's the internalization of not being good enough. Don't do it. It's not cool. It's not funny. Just don't do it. It's not
0: cool. And it's, you know what? It's offensive. I'm not going to say like, oh my God, I've cried over it and it's my feelings to the point or whatever. It's whatever. But I know a lot of you don't even mean no harm. It could be just the way you're trying to break the ice or make people feel comfortable. But this is deep. You know what I mean? And look at it from the point of view of why am I doing that? Mm, mm. When you start questioning and understanding that, you'll see just how deep this
1: goes. And I think it's a very good point to point out because um, the thing that I love about South Africa, South Africa has got this rainbow nation thing. Everybody speaks everybody's language, you know, unless like it's Afrikaans. And people are like, we really can't be bothered to speak Afrikaans. But more time, they probably can. Right. But, you know, there's no... There's no need to, to behave or act in a certain way. Everybody's just themselves. And I love that. I love that so much. But I think the segregation in Zimbabwe, it was interesting when when you were speaking about Zambia, because I didn't know know that was the case in Zambia. I didn't know that everybody was okay. So it it makes me wonder, like, what level of segregation did we experience in Zimbabwe? Very, very high level. And the reason Mm. I know that Mm. is
0: because of being able to live in Zambia for so long. I was born in Harare, went back to Zambia, went back to Zimbabwe, went back to zambia then went to greece from greece went straight back to zambia so i was able to live there from 10 till like 15 so it gave me enough time so when i went back to zims obviously having been there when i was younger i didn't understand all that but i noticed the difference i noticed the difference i was like wow okay we do have colorism in zambia we do Mm, and some cases are bad but it's not an everyday thing in in Mm. zambia there's no clubs that are just for coloreds there's Mm, no clubs uh, that are uh, just uh, for uh, blacks or you know everything is for everyone but i remember going to harare and going to places like back in the day, you know what I mean? Synergy, Synergy was the the colored place. Lavanu was the yeah. white place. Um, the maze was the black place. I'd never mm. experienced that in Zambia. I was like, yeah. wow, okay. And obviously I, I hadn't gone clubbing in Zambia at that age, but when I would go back on holidays and stuff and I would notice like, okay, the clubs here yeah, are still it's mixed it's not like it almost felt like in zims the it was almost like coloreds only at the door or blacks only at the mm. door without the sign yeah. but you knew
1: you mm, knew mm, it was mm. there
0: and yeah. it was it was a culture shock for me it was mm. very intimidating very yeah
1: you know what so so um <clears throat> i don't know it's, it's something I've, i found out fairly recently actually i, I wasn't privy to it. I recently decided to take an interest in finding out more about colored history. And it blew my mind that my mother's generation, right? My mom's generation. Now, this is like my mom. It's not second, third, fourth generation. Right. My mother's generation of coloreds grew up in orphanages because it was illegal for them to grow up with their black mothers and their white fathers. Mm, mm, mm. A good majority of their mothers were raped by the white men. So their children ended up in orphanages. So there's a whole Mm -hmm. abandoned, there's a whole generation, my mother's generation. This is the generation that gave birth to us. This is now. These people are alive now. Their generation were put into orphanages because it was illegal to be colored. Which makes me realize and understand and appreciate the reason why the colorism is the way it is in them. The reason why the racism is the way it is in them. Because it's very fresh. So we haven't yet had the time to unlearn the stuff that we need to unlearn. because it's, Absolutely. It just, you know, it, it blew my mind. I was like, wait, wait, wait. This is why people operate the way they do. Funny, um, I went to go and see um, my ex, one of my ex's, uh, one of my ex's relatives. <laughs> and um, I got there and, and the lady was just off with me she was oh. just off Vicky she was so off I was like what the hell okay. now I've gone out of my way to go and see them we were living here already I'd gone back to them I'd gone out of my way to go see her, and this chick was just giving me attitude this old queen was giving me the worst attitude ever and I didn't know why anyway I still said okay let me you know give her the respect she's still an elder give her the respect whatever when I came back I asked my ex I was like yo why was your auntie like she was on my case And I don't know why. And he turned around, he's like, yeah, because she doesn't like colored women. Oh, okay. She doesn't like you guys. Because every time she wanted a promotion, some colored was always there. Okay. And that blew my mind because I was like, wait a minute. This is that internalized colorism again. So automatically, whenever you see me, you're triggered. And I've experienced this so many times at parties and stuff. People will just look at you and on site, they've already decided, oh, this person is a kind of way. You oh, know exactly. what I mean? which is exactly the same for racism you'll see a person of a certain look or whatever and you decide straight away no this person is this kind of way it blows my mind chick I still can't Absolutely. get my head around it
0: it's it's exactly that. I mean, colorism is the tool, is the weapon that guides True. racism. Fact. And this was embedded so deep into our cultures, our societies, through religion and so many other aspects, which I'm not even going to get into because that would be mm, another topic mm. of its own. Oh, yeah. yeah. And one thing I just wanted to say is, and I know this is going to trigger, but mm-hmm. I wanted to make something clear to people that have this thing of calling Khaled's the children of whores. To mm. me, this is so deep, because right. not only are you calling your own people a whore, because same whore you do, you, <laughs> you're attempting to call a whore, the same woman is really your granny or your auntie in one mm. way or another. Mm-hmm. Do yep. you ever consider that maybe she was raped? Maybe she was abused? And even if she wasn't, Fact. Even if this woman facts. lay willingly, maybe she had fallen in love. Mm. Because there's many such cases that yep. people don't want to discuss. It's an uncomfortable topic to think there was love that existed with an interracial relationship and a yep. mixed relationship. But it was there. It was there. There's books. True. There's a lot of folk yeah. uh, tales. The research is there if you look for it. Even I didn't know. Mm. The fact that yeah. when people see um predominantly in the black culture when they see coloreds and they'll make that remark and they do it almost jokingly i find nothing funny about that i'm not gonna get offensive i'm not gonna get defensive because i know that's your ignorance it's not mine but just think to yourselves we're living in a society now where there's a lot of mixed race kids that are coming forth Yep. So what you are intending yep. And I'll actually say And you know this is facts We have seen this with people mm-hmm. That have mixed race yep. Nephews, nieces Sometimes even kids yep. So what are you calling your own then? Yep. Is it different because you here in the UK? What is so different to what happened
1: to us Back home?
0: We're going to call a spade a spade, keeping it You know what?
1: This is is such an important, especially for anybody who's listening in who has a mixed race children. What people don't understand is the identity and internal struggle you go through as somebody who doesn't belong in either category. Because the world is so black and white, right? That when you come along and you're mixed and you are maybe with your white family or you're maybe entirely with your black family, There's this whole thing of, okay, who am I? Am I good enough? Do I fit in? How do I fit in? I don't fit in. Hmm. You need to be aware. We need to be having these conversations. Mm -hmm. It's important for people's mental health to understand the struggles that mixed race people go through, regardless of where you are in the world. It's the same. And, you know, I've watched so many documentaries purposefully seeking out documentaries to find out whether or not the experience of people of mixed race is the same around the world. And I can tell you now, it doesn't matter if it's a Cape Colored living in Cape Platz in South Africa or a Dominican, you know what I mean? Or a biracial in America. Doesn't matter what label you put on. The struggle is exactly the same. And guess what I found really interesting? The struggle for black people is universal when it comes to racism. However, it's not a a universal story, like from South Africa to the States. It's not. We all have something in common in terms of racism, absolutely. But the mixed race person's struggle is the same, whether they're coming from South Africa or they're coming from Japan. Mm. It's this identity. Where do I fit in? Who am I really? Because you're telling me I'm not white enough and I'm not black enough or I'm not Chinese enough. I'm not... Absolutely. Do you know what I mean? There's this constant thing of, okay, so I'm not enough and I don't quite fit in. It's it's a universal story. And that blew my mind. It really blew my mind. I was like, whoa. It, it is so okay. deep. It is so deep. I mean, even in the
0: fact of... Um, there is certain, uh, whether yellow bone, light skin, mixed race, that mm, like, mm, if mm, we're gonna mm, speak mm. truth, we're gonna speak truths. They don't even want to identify yes. with anything African or black no. with a heritage. And yeah. I mean, yeah, that's your given, you know, that's your right, you can do whatever you want. Yeah, But just understand that when you're doing all this, regardless of maybe whatever trauma you've had to uh, be inflicting self-hatred, on your race or your make, eventually mm-hmm. it will come back on you because you will always be who you are. So regardless, if yeah. you don't want to accept the fact that, you know what, I want to pretend that I'm more white because I'm more light-skinned. There's a lot of people like that in society that don't want to accept yeah. that side of them because of colorism, because of racism, because of all those aspects.
1: Mm, it will yeah. not
0: change the fact of what you are it won't change the fact. So just try and get a bit more awareness. Um, I feel these conversations are healthy and are needed so you don't feel judged because I feel Mm. a lot of those type of people really internally want to have this conversation so they stop the pain. Because this is not an easy thing. This is a painful thing to wake up every day and try and be someone else.
1: Mm. not to
0: be comfortable in your own skin not to be able to look in the mirror and like your complexion or whatever Mm. the case may be i understand because i watched a documentary on youtube years ago and i always watch it every year just to refresh that feeling of okay wow this is real it's called black in latin america and um, it's such a brilliant jo- documentary, it, it goes, it's from Haiti to, it talks about Haiti, Dominican Republic, Mexico, um, I think it speaks of um, Cuba, Brazil, and just the elements of colorism in those mm. countries. Yeah, And you know, there were so many similarities to Southern mm. Africa where we're from. Yeah. And it shows you, like even in the Dominican Republic, how they would have the older paintings when the Spanish still ruled in the Dominican Republic and they would paint the surgeons and the lieutenants and whatnot and majority of them were mixed and they would paint them white or when they now go in to speak publicly, they would put a lot of powder on them, so they're not the mulattoes. So they are the whites, and it was like a lot of people in the Dominican Republic looking at yeah. looking at their history because when they were speaking, they're like, we didn't even know so and so was mixed mm-hmm. or black because yep. they are portrayed as white. And obviously, it's a Spanish name. We just assume they're all Spanish because majority of Dominican Republic still looks at their motherland as Spain, not Africa. But as yeah. Spain Because of the lack of knowledge of the Moors Lack of knowledge like that. But, but that's, hating, that's like a whole
1: other conversation right? Yeah.
0: Haiti which is right next door I mean this is one country that just got divided Has a very strong um knowledge of their roots which oh, is yes.
1: Africa and a sense of identity absolutely people don't know about the Moors people don't understand or don't know that the the Moors ruled uh, Spain for 900 years which completely blew my mind but that's a whole other conversation it's a whole other conversation because let me just say you this know? when
0: I went to Portugal and I've been um yeah. when I've when I went to Portugal even this last time and I was looking around I haven't been to Spain but when I went to Portugal and I was looking at certain things and it's got similarities with Spain I was thinking this is very African.
1: This mm, is very African.
0: Mm. You know, the Moors' presence is so dominant, even in Portugal. Mm. And, you know, they yeah. try and say, you know, from back in the day when the, the Spanish came here and they had that Arabic um, influence. No, no,
1: no. You mean the Moors. Mm. But you, yes. they don't want to say it. No. That's just a whole other conversation that is... And we shall have that conversation. Yes. It's such an important one. Um it's such, please, I just need to I just need to plug in the the email address here. If you have had any any experience that you wish to share, and it doesn't matter what the experience is, if you had any experience with regards to colorism, please drop us an email. Let me tune you podcast at gmail.com. Drop us an email. Let us know what your experience is. Let's have these, these awkward, uncomfortable conversations that are so necessary and so important. Absolutely. Let's do it. I think on that note... Um, I think we're going to call it quits today. Unless there's anything else that you want to add to the Vicky? You know, I'm, I, I, my blood is boiling. I'm feeling so hyper. I'm sure you guys can hear my voice. I'm feeling really hyper right now. And I know I need yeah. to I need to tone it down, you know, several notches. Yeah, it's a lot of process. <laughs> um, you know what? I'll just add
0: that I'm very glad it's a, such a vast yeah. topic. But I'm glad that we were able to touch, even if it's just a little bit, to bring some awareness. Yeah. And I just want to ask people to... Create more awareness, even if it's by sharing certain topics or talking. And I know it's an uncomfortable Mm. subject, but if you want to save yourselves, if you want to save your children, the human race, if you want Mm. to change, those topics need to be had. And it doesn't have to be in a judgmental type Mm. of environment. That's the mistake a lot of people make. Just learn, listen, you know, interact and don't Mm. judge because you just don't know how people's mentality or even they mental, you yeah. know, with um, so much of um, mental illness nowadays, you have to be careful how you tread and you don't know how you can offend someone or how you can affect someone. And some people have been dealing with a lot of mm. trauma due to colorism, yeah. racism, yeah. their whole yeah. lives from yeah. birth. So be very sensitive, but do have these conversations. Absolutely. That's the only way we can start to make this world a better Fact. place. And- Even if it's a little bit. The most
1: important thing, remember that somebody else's story does not nullify yours. Just because somebody else is speaking about the experience does not invalidate yours. You're still valid. You're still important. We still need your voice. We need to hear you. Absolutely. So share your stories and let's have these conversations. Damn. Thank you for tuning in. Let me tune you. Catch you on the next one.
0: Thank you for listening to Let Me Tune You podcast.